2: Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest Preview podcast. This week, it's a ticket to ride along with Patrick Vieira's magical mystery tour up the long and winding road that is the M6 to face Premier League pace setters Liverpool. Will it be misery or will it be rollover Beethoven? The Palace boys are getting better. Albert and Skip are with me. So let's get into it. I don't know. I typed into Google what is Liverpool famous for and it just said the Beatles. Did, so. did
3: you have to Google that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well i was trying to look for something um a little bit more um i don't know it said a large port and i was going to start making jokes about drinks but about gout well you're you're the the professional there aren't you I
3: don't get paid for it mate
2: <laughs> well you, you've heard professional opinions about gout yeah
3: which is if, I, probably... if, I, if i did get paid for every time i had gout i'd, I'd have about Fourteen quid, <laughs> which I spend on painkillers.
2: Mm. <laughs> right, I'm going to drink some beer. So this week I am finishing off the Dunkel, the Louis Dunkel beer. Um, mm. So it's the last, the last of the beers sent from Germany. So thank you, Carsten. Um, this one looks um, very dark. Uh, Heskiff, you were late. You said you've had a shit show today, so I'm assuming it's a large glass of wine.
4: Um, Yes, it's actually about a fifth of a now flat (laughs) bottle of sparkling water. So as Samantha said beforehand, it's just water.
2: I thought um, one of my favourite tweets I ever saw was talking about how only psychopaths drink soda water or fizzy water. Yeah. Yeah. Adds up. It does. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what are you drinking?
3: Well, it's just dawned on me, this might be a bad omen. Because um, I'm drinking Wolfsburg. Peroni. No, oh. no. I'm drinking Peroni, but I'm drinking uh, Peroni Rosso, which for the wow. Italian speakers among you, it's the red one, isn't it? And Damn. we're playing Liverpool. And I was just eating some ready sorted Pringles, red tube, and quite uncharacteristically
2: for me, Wearing a red fucking t-shirt as well. Wow. And even worse, just before recording, you were watching Red Shoe. What's that? <laughs> um, other porn sites are available. I don't know. Um, How many did week, you need? <laughs> last week, you put me on the spot and um, made me come up with a f- poncy beer blurb for Aki Realty. So, Yeah. We're going to run with this for a couple of weeks, see how it works out. So, okay. and it, whoever the opposition is, we've got um, we'll pick a player that plays played for both sides, and you've got to come out with a beer blurb. So, this week we're going M- Mamadou Saka. and the reason I'm going M- Mamadou Saka is uh, my mate bought a house recently and put a pub at the end of his garden, then went to do some beer brewing and made his own beer called the Sack Attack. So, perhaps this blurb could go on the back of his beer.
3: Well, I've gone with Mama Brew.
2: Nice. I like it.
3: With background notes of hygienamine, look it up, and a hint of what the fuck is he doing, this strong, intense brew will have your heart in your mouth while simultaneously making your ring pull twitch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to lie, I want to drink it. Sounds delicious. There you go. It's an 8.6 on Untapped. Yeah, <laughs> um, you only go out of five of them untapped. Oh, so shit. four, four point six, four point five. Um, what's the strength of it?
3: Very strong, very, very strong. strong, very strong. But you, you, only, you can only drink about four of them in a season. <laughs> are they very, they're very
4: expensive as well.
3: I take it. Hard to come by. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> only uh oh, poor old Mamadou. If only it could have stayed fit for more than a week at a time. Oh well. Oh well, right. We're gonna start this week with well, Heskiff hijacked us before we got on the air and saying that Frank De Boer's agents made a statement. Um <laughs> look at him scrambling now like he didn't know know that he should be ready with this
4: (laughs) Um, well Frank DeBoer's agent whose whose name sounds like a completely made up in the know that you see over summer his name's Guido Albers (laughs) so I'm pretty sure that's not a real name but Guido Albers has confirmed that Frank DeBoer has no more ambition left to continue as a manager so I think supporters around the world are united in devastation about that, I would have thought.
2: And no more ambition.
4: It's such yeah. a weird
2: word to use. Hmm. Do you reckon he's gonna go Brighton? <laughs> just weird. just just
3: just while we're here, I just want to announce that I've I've got no no ambition to marry Kelly Brook
2: either anymore. So <laughs> so talking of Kelly Brook didn't they, when they started doing the Big Breakfast again. They have. Yeah, it's I think Mo I, Gilligan, I, think I saw it? that. Yes, well, I saw. I know Mo Gilligan was on it. I like two two weeks in a row. Mo Gilligan's made it onto the show somehow. Um, but yeah, I, I saw something about it. Um, I used to love that show when I was a kid, but in the main because Kelly Brook was on it, and I was a horny teenager. But um... oh. wasn't wasn't for Zig and Zag then? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Don't know. When you're a teenager. <laughs> Just <laughs> me then.
2: <laughs> Did singer zag like, release like a song? Dem girls. Do you remember how it went?
3: Yeah, yeah cool, look I'm at him. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> he definitely does. Yeah, but I think you have to do you have to do a bit of a culture culturally inappropriate accent, which I'm not prepared to do. So I'm gonna I'm so, gonna I'm gonna leave, you, I'm gonna leave a there? pause here for Sam to put it in after.
2: Are you yeah, saying that yeah. um, zig and zag them girls didn't stand the test of time? <laughs> yeah, I think I think
3: it, it lasted about five days.
2: It's not. But, it's not going to make like a Robert Peel anthology anywhere or anything. No, like that.
3: no, sadly not.
2: <laughs> well, poor old Frank De Boer. no, no, no ambition left. I suppose that means it kind of puts it off, like he achieved these ambitions. So <laughs> to be yeah. the worst worst Premier League manager of all time, and to get Hol- Neverland sorry, unceremoniously dumped out of uh, of the Euros early doors. Some like he's ambitions. he's very good at being shit. He's
4: just really, really good at what he does. But what he does is not what anyone wants. So it must wear it must wear on him.
2: Well, we'll always have the, I, the IB for memories, and um, the club constantly tweeting pictures of his brother instead of him. <laughs> and that's got that Mister Burnley that saved us all <laughs>
4: forever, forever, a hero.
2: Um, talking of retirements, there was another retirement today, which was God Jelly's and ice cream, jelly and ice cream for everyone. When it comes to me, um, Grant Ledbitter retired from football. And long-time listeners of this show will know that I've had a long-standing beef with Grant Ledbetter ever since he scored that penalty for Ipswich in front of the Holmesdale.
4: Oh, and then shit, I remember that.
2: Run to one side of the goal, running away from the Ipswich fans before running behind the goal in the front of the Holmesdale all the way down towards where the away fans used to be, giving it large, and um, i never let it go, ever.
3: He'd be a good candidate for a craft beer, wouldn't he? <laughs>
2: Yeah, but it, it sounds more like a, what an old boy who vaguely smells of piss with drink at the end of the bar for like one £1.80 a pint.
4: <laughs> the guy who's oh, mysteriously yeah. disappeared from the Clifton.
2: <laughs> I haven't been in the Clifton for years.
4: They've got their own craft beer now, mate.
2: What's it called?
4: Clifton Craft Ale, I think. <laughs> I didn't have it. They've got wooden floors. It doesn't smell as bad, but... And I'm sure we'll come on to the game shortly. But when we were in there after the game against Tottenham, a bloke just leaned out the door when we were in the back
2: garden, was sick on the stairs,
4: and then just popped back in.
2: Those stairs are dangerous as well at the best of times. I remember them getting wet and slippery and people always falling on their arse out there.
4: Yes. Uh, Slippier now.
2: Exactly. Much slippier. Is is the beer garden still full of wasps or have they moved the bins (laughs) so that don't happen anymore? They've moved the bins. Um, it's actually,
4: oh, it's weird to say it because it's a Clifter, but it's actually all right now. Um, but anyway, yeah, the guy oh, who was in the uh... I was going to say the, the guy who was sort of stuck to the seat at the end of the bar for the last like 15 years is no longer there. So I think under new management,
2: went, he maybe went in the bin as well. Hmm. I don't know. Those ceilings are really low in there. Bit of a COVID hellhole. Uh, sure. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. Um, yeah, but anyway, so Grant Ledbit has gone. I am delighted um, being a Sunderland fan he is. I hope that his retirement is full of Newcastle defeats, basically. Every single northeast derby made Newcastle, Pepper, Sunderland, all across the time. 8.6 million people apparently watched Cristiano Ronaldo's debut. I mean, I don't even know how this makes sense. It seemed like the weirdest stat in the world. But they were all boasting about how it broke all sorts of records. Um, Albert, 1998, Crystal Palace against Sheffield United. Fancy High and Sunshine High making their Palace debuts puts that to shame. Was
3: that a midweek game?
2: No, it was like a Sunday, one o'clock or something, wasn't it?
3: Can't, well, uh, that's why I've asked you because I clearly don't know.
2: It was. It was a weekend game. at someone. Right. Someone might correct me. I did, it was definitely. It was on. I feel like it was on TV as well. Mm-hmm. I think it was. Oh, it, yeah, but we blew we we blew our shot, a chance to gain 100 million fans, and we lost one nil to Sheffield United. I wonder, if, I, I wonder if Sheffield United actually gained any fans that day. How many people watched it? Uh, well, they forecasted 100 million people in China would watch it because it was broadcast in China. That's what they forecast. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, mate. I mean, how many people normally watch football? What's the average viewership of the Premier League?
2: No, just like they're saying 8.6 million people watch. No, I think it's really really low. One million normally watches a Premier League game. Depending on who it is, it probably can get up a bit to more like two and a half. But it's limited by Sky subscribers or BT subscribers, right? It's a bit of a different story if it's on TV. So our when Project Restart happened and we played Bournemouth, I think that was up there in one of the most watched Premier League games of all time because it was the first time it had been aired on Free to View TV.
3: Watch and what a delight it was.
2: I feel like some uh, sort of weird Anorak.
3: I mean well, I don't know if you've like followed your own sort of social media for, <laughs> for the past <laughs> twenty years. <laughs> This is awkward.
2: Um, <laughs> oh no. I've I've spent many many a time trying to spot Hoskins steam train on platforms.
3: Absolutely. Um yeah, well, you know, that's 8.6 million people. Fair enough. How many people watched us smash Spurs?
2: Well, again, I would I would I would guess that's in the higher a bit under a million maybe just a bit over a million because of BT subscribers I really don't know that's me I'm guessing that
3: I thoroughly enjoyed watching it because I had I had about six Spurs fans in my house watching it so as you can imagine I was very ungracious uh, you know, <laughs> for every goal and was giving it all the... <laughs> <laughs> probably a bit too, I mean Four of them were seven years old. They got plenty of time <laughs> to get over it. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was it's quite quite a nice way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Inviting a load of people around to then watch their team get slaughtered live on TV. <laughs> come to my,
4: come to my house and get sworn at and ridiculed.
3: Yeah, yeah. Be about have a hot dog, but oh, but have a hot dog, which sure. I did provide. Yeah, and you didn't have to.
4: Didn't have to. Good onions they should be, as well. They should, be, they should be thanking you, if anything,
3: to be to be They honest. should. There's a couple of Arsenal fans there as well who who were like cheering all the panics. So I had some allies. I had all the Arsenal, so all of them, two of them, giving it large whenever we scored to the Tottenham fans. That was quite nice. Brothers in see,
2: arms. Did you see the videos doing the rounds of Arsenal fans half-heartedly singing a Vieira song? In, in the Emirates when uh, they were watching I think Palace had just taken the lead taken a 2-0 lead in the game and they were watching it and it was embarrassing even when they're trying to take the piss out of Tottenham they've got no atmosphere
3: yeah well Sad times. that's a whole other story We when they come in and nick our manager we won't be laughing then will we so
2: <laughs> um, well not that many people watched our academy smash Leicester 6-1 um, due to I don't know, Premier League restrictions still go against us being able to broadcast it on your membership, for example, Heskiff. I know. Um,
4: not, not only do I not get my season ticket, <laughs> but I also don't get to watch the things that I bought the membership for. Disgrace. Yeah. Do you know so,
2: what? What, you, what was it? Was the, was the game at, I was going to say, Filbert Street, was it at the King Power? Oh, I don't training know. Training ground, uh, was it? Yeah, oh, yeah so it's it was a training ground. I just don't get it. I do you can't know what, be shown do you know what terence
4: start a little list for points of view <laughs> join me put that number 1 <laughs> we've tracked down um, Anne robinson she's on yep, countdown she, now did it, did it, did it. Yeah. confirmed as on countdown she's running scared this yeah. is
2: going to continue all season until she answers me um let, I, I won't type into google Anne robinson pov um not sure that will give you what I want to see. No.
3: Nah. Nor the big <laughs> who, nor, nor, nor the big ones from the top either.
2: <laughs> oh, that'd be quite a conundrum. What um <laughs> who, who is presenting points of view these days? We've established it's not Anne Robertson or Terry Wogan.
3: Um, fill some no, time. I mean, we ruled Terry Wogan out early on the grounds that he's dead. <laughs> yeah.
2: I feel I feel like we're not we're not too many presenters away from it being Jeremy Clarkson or something.
4: Uh um, <laughs> could be Mo Gilligan. It's someone uh, called Nikki Chapman.
3: Hang on a minute. Is she, she the old the old pop stars judge? Yes.
1: Oh. Yeah there
3: yeah. you go. There she is. Had a little thing for Nikki Chapman. good. Um, well, she's going to get
4: she's going to get a little thing from me as well, but it'll be my list of complaints.
2: <laughs> leave that there, Albert. You leave that there. <laughs> um, but no, a brilliant performance in the academy. Of course, Lester went down to ten men very early doors. But um, who was it? It was a two, three braces. Was it? Omanabu got two. Raksaki got two, and Street got two. Street got two, and didn't at least say sort of make them all.
4: Yeah, apparently he had a hand in all six goals. And um a Leicester journalist, there was a tweet doing the rounds, basically being like, I know it's the under-23s, but this guy is like some player. He's going to be an absolute star for Palace. He's mustard. He is, which is quite nice, isn't it? It's quite nice to have these positive things being said about Palace.
2: I am certainly not used to it. I don't care if he's armoured bruce lee um <laughs> <laughs> talking of elise before we move on um i don't know if either of you saw this because it was kind of hidden in a reply to the crystal palace twitter account but i want to pedal a song chant for elise to the tune of bound for the reload by oxide and neutrino do you remember that song i okay. do did stand the test of the time, unlike Zing and Zag. Yeah, it, it definitely <laughs> And it's did. to the ca- it's to the casualty theme. Please tell me, Albert, you know this song Yeah,
3: yeah, I do listen, full disclosure, I know what you're talking about, but I was hoping me saying no would only encourage <laughs> him further to <laughs> sing it with full gusto.
2: Oh I'll I'll, I'll happily sing it, but it's uh, so for it's the one with the casualty theme where uh, yeah. bam the bam, bam 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 for the reload. Bam to but, the bam um, when when I say, you say, we say, at least say, make some noise, I think that could really get going. God, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> this is like original. No one, no one, no one is chanting to Oxide Neutrino fans. I, really I wonder why. No, it's, not what, the it's, more the deli- it's more the
3: delivery than the concept that's made me disappointed. You know, you kind of just spoke it like you're on speakers. Well,
2: corner. get 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 your horn out, the... <laughs> and then um, maybe it'll get me going.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, anyway, all right. We'll, we'll we'll try and we'll try and do that with a bit more gusto we'll, at some point. We'll, yeah, I'll I'll get pissed up at a game and just sing it when he scores, and then see if anyone joins in. I'm not I'm not shy in 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 the stands uh you may have heard that the match report podcast came into some all sorts of difficulties um it's kind of akin to trying to listen to Heskiff's voice for more than five minutes at a time it just all went to pot it all goes to pot yeah do you know what happened? happened do you know what happened Heskiff please tell me I don't know. I'm asking you.
4: Oh, I, I just don't... saw
2: lots of WhatsApp messages going around. Um,
4: I was, was going to say, I don't even listen to myself these days. So listening to <laughs> other people is very difficult.
2: Sounds like Mike Scott was like accidentally plugged into the toaster instead of um, his actual laptop.
4: Um, I mean, we could we that... have, we could bring <laughs> in,
2: we could bring in producer
4: Sam, who is lurking in the background. To give us an in-depth review of what went
2: wrong, <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. Not, <laughs> nobody I'm not, cares.
3: I'm not conducting a witch hunt. I just want to know whose fault it is. Yeah,
2: and why didn't why didn't for sort it out? Um, no, so we kind of need to do a little bit of a whiz through Spurs match report, which is not really a problem, I guess, because the buzz is still real. I'm like very still very excited. But mainly because Albert, is, there's an argument here that your magic dice predicted this game basically correctly.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's got the, got the margin right, didn't it? Which I'll take. Do I get half a point for that?
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I, I'm 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 giving it to you, mate. I think um, the dice predicted four-one, and we all we all laughed and said, "Well, that was a one-week-only thing," but three-goal margins good enough. Maybe you just didn't roll it quite properly.
3: Well, not for the first time. Um,
2: <laughs> so anyway, we will hold them to later so we can find absolutely. out what the scores going to be. Start warming them up now. <laughs> A few practice rolls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where do we start with this game? I mean, uh, there was signs, bits, bits and bobs against Brentford in the nil-nil that. Um, It was coming together, didn't score, obviously, and um, Brentford had a few chances. Uh, We go to West Ham, we score a couple of goals, uh, show some good fire, have a really good second half. Um, Really good at Watford in the League Cup just before that as well. Obviously, didn't score again there, but um, we scored two at West Ham. And then first half against Tottenham, first 10 minutes is a bit of a scrap back and forth. And then, Heskif, we end up putting our, putting our sort of slowly, sort of in Tanganga, zaha S fashion, we put our hands around their throats a little bit. <laughs> and then we just slowly just squeeze it tighter and tighter and tighter <clears throat> for about the last 70 minutes of the game. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to find anything
4: to be miserable about this week, which is, <laughs> uh, like, I'm just not used to it. Go, going into the bar after the game is usually... You know, an hour of me and friend of the show, Miserable Dave, moaning. Um, but this this week, we were all just in there saying, "Oh, that 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 was quite good." What do we talk about now? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it was great. Uh, like you say, I think the first ten minutes was a bit bit scrappy, but yeah, we we were comfortably the better team, regardless of the red card. We created the chances. You know, we were playing the better football. Um, the passing was good the, the tempo was good and the fact that you see you know Harry Kane for the first time ever in a, in a full match didn't have a touch in the opposition box says everything so you know even if you're you know concentrating on the defence defence was absolutely superb There was there
2: was nothing in the team that could have been better I don't think touch or a shot he did not have a touch or a shot yeah, brilliant which is I guess Albert. Testament to our brand spanking fresh out the box new centre back pairing in Gay and or, or for Heskiff's ears, <laughs> and and Anderson who have well f- with the with the exception, I guess, of one one little mistake for Anderson at Upton Park. Upton Park, Filbert uh, Street, Upton Park. <laughs> this is this is the retro back at the Nest preview yeah. podcast. That's quick, <laughs> um, turn quickly, Kevin. Uh, at the taxpayer stadium, um, they've basically been faultless since then.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, their quality, and I just, I just look at what I mean. They're Gae, Gae's fantastic. Sort of, he goes on little crazy runs. Little tribute to Sacco uh, at the top of the show. You know, he's he's really capable of all of a, all of a sudden. He's got his foot on the ball, and he's you know meandering through the sort of the midfield, but then. What, what I, I I can't take my eye off, you know, the way Anderson passes. I think his passing is absolutely fantastic. I mean, the only game I've seen in person um, uh, live this season was the Watford game. I know you are all going to fucking point <laughs> of that, uh, but just his passing then is just, you know, he can ping the ball. He's just, you know, he's, he's, his his passing is outrageous. And if if Vieira is trying to, you know, make us build from the back, then he's he's got two players who. You know, there's always a question mark over. Oh, is is comfortable with the ball at his feet? All Gwate needs to do is literally just pass the ball ten yards to one of those two, and we're going to start building something. Um, and Saturday was another example of that. You know, we were we were we were faultless. I mean, it was it was such a such an amazing performance. N- nobody, as I said on uh, TalkSport that evening before I got cut off, bad uh, <laughs> signal, <that's it now. laughs> You know, there was nobody there that was less than 8 out of 10. And, I, and even you could, I think you can make a case for that being a bit harsh.
2: Yeah, it was excellent. I mean, between them, you get the, the double threat for the opposition in terms of both of them can carry the ball. So they can pass around the first level of press and then break into that next line and carry the ball forward. And then both can pass from there. Or if you overcommit in trying to press them when they're passing the back, you've got Anderson who can just ping the ball 70 yards across the field and get, get in behind if you press too high up. So we we carry threat, whatever the opposition does, in trying to stop our centre-backs building out from the back. So it's it, it's incredible to watch. And I mean, I, I I got very, very carried away, or at least probably not. Like I, I don't remember us playing better than that for an entire 90 minutes. i I've I've racked my brains and you know, even when we spanked Leicester 5-0 or we beat Arsenal 3-0 at Selhurst, Um we've had a Leicester, we've beat Leicester a good old giving them a good old hiding at their place a couple of times as well. Since we've come up, we've just not played like that. And then it just got me thinking have I ever seen us play that well for 90 minutes? And I'm really not sure I have, you know, like in times we've slaughtered teams in the past that thinking all the way back to when we won 6-1 and 4-1, back-to-back-to-back to back to back in uh, in the late 90s. Even then, you know, the other team scored. They had chances. It was it, It's just this spurs it and have a sniff. That expected goal was of 0.09. It's just laughable, <laughs> really. And it was only because the the only reason they had it, I think they the two shots is one of them was attempting to be a cushioned down header, which went wide, and it looks like they've classed it as a shot because there was nothing else. other than a shot straight down greater's neck so to be that comprehensive against a team that possesses you know the talent that they have of course son wasn't there and spurs are a different side when son's on it um but without away days are great
0: but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app
1: That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Without Son, we, we could... I think it enabled us a lot more to be able to really put our foot on the neck because if you if you looked at points in that game, even before Spurs had gone down to 10 men, Anderson and Gay were five yards inside the Spurs half and all the Spurs players were penned back because we just had no pace to worry about in behind us. I think the only one time they got remotely in behind us, it was pushed too far out wide anyway and Anderson just dealt with it when when eventually caught, caught up. I mean, that's his only... Down for Anderson is he's not the he's not the quickest man in the world, but just brilliant from them, absolutely brilliant. And then <clears throat> moving up the pitch, you, I mean, MacArthur and Gallagher so functionable, fu- function so well together, and um, a smiling Conor Gallagher. Albert, hmm. he, seems, he just seems to smile all the time. Yeah,
3: he reminds me of. Uh, there's that. Do you remember that famous clip of uh, Jimmy Bullard? when mm. when D- duncan ferguson i can't think of, duncan ferguson's like leveled someone and jimmy it's bullard off, yeah. yeah jimmy bullard does that like weird semi smile like <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, seems to be, that seems to be conor gallagher's face all the time and i'm not saying it's a bad thing he just looks like he's just he's just well happy with whatever's going on and uh, mm. yeah it's nice to see. he was he was great um yeah i mean i can't add to anything more that that you said every everybody played well the way we tried to play the little in um, what i really stood out for me was the little sort of like 15 18 yard incisive passes you know f- from sort of out wide into the box Ben Benteke mm-hmm. you know trying to trying to get those balls to stick and 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 looking for someone like Gallagher to be running off just the fact that we kept probing that way um yeah. was something I haven't, I haven't seen us do i mean it might have happened more- Once upon a time, (laughs) but I can't sit here and go, oh, it reminds me of when we used to play under Peter Taylor. Obviously, that would be absolute horseshit. Um, But yeah, it was just such a refreshing performance. And, you know, I think it's, in a way, it's a shame that Spurs had 10 men for the last third of the game because I think it's quite easy for the narrative to become, oh, well, it was nil-nil and they lost a man and that's when Palace scored their three goals. But we we were all over them just as much with 11 men on the pitch and we were playing exactly the same way and if that game if that game had finished nil nil for example and they had you know whether they had 10 or 11 men we'd have come away there thinking you know how on earth did we not win that game you know it was a it was a game where we really dominated um, and you know we we haven't and I'm not going to name names but under previous managers we've not we've not we've not dominated teams who are like you know rooted bottom Ten points adrift, you know that's just that's just not been what we've been about. So to see us do it against one of the most informed teams of the league this far, so far this season, albeit with a pretty weak midfield three that they had, um, you know it's 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 all credit to them, and it's and it wasn't it wasn't a fluke. It was it was a much deserved, much deserved win.
2: Yeah, and I don't even think the ten men can be an argument because any Palace fan worth their salt knows Heskiff. If what happens when the team goes down to ten men. Well exactly. I think everyone around me was like we're losing this one nil. <laughs> written you, written every, one. every everyone around you with a megaphone was telling everyone <laughs> we're losing this one nil.
4: And then everyone just nodding to shut me up.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> um but you know like j- jokes aside the way that we after the red card the way that we just really you know stepped on the gas made a substitution where we brought on Edouard. Um, made another substitution where we brought on another attacking player in Elise. And again, it's not to dig out Roy, but that ain't happening last year. That ain't happening the year before. It's so nice to be like, all right, run the front foot and here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring on more attacking players to get more goals uh, and it worked. You know, I don't think anyone expected Edouard to score after 25 seconds, whatever it was. Um, but you know, seeing him make those runs against a tired team and then having Elise run at run at them, you know, when they're a tired team because we'd worked them so hard. It's just, like you say, it's great to watch. And and after we went two up up, um, I turned to Vanessa and we're just like, we're actually really good now. And that's weird for me to say it because we all know I'm really miserable. But legitimately, like, you can't watch that game against Spurs and not think that we're now a really good team, you know? Um, so, yeah. Fun and Wilf. Right. Was, Wilf was back to his best as well, wasn't he?
2: Well, Wilf was back to his best, and he, I mean, I, I think he was really decent up until the point when he got into the the fight with Tanganga. Um, any any respect earned from for you, Hasia, from Tanganga saying, oh, will fuck you up, you pussio. Yeah, b- brilliant.
4: Like I love seeing stuff
2: <laughs> like that when you know what happens afterwards. Like we
4: <laughs> we've just got to stand there and wave him off the pitch. See you later, mate. That's-
2: I say, if you are going to take a shot at a king, make sure you don't miss, right? Because miss. he missed and he scored. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I definitely think Will's celebration was kind of like it felt like he was very, very aware of it, all of that, like astutely aware. Because the little wave he just did, like holding his his arm up, just like, yeah, that's right. Um, but um, <clears throat> but no, Will. I mean, uh, I, I tweeted out saying. I'm looking for all the Wilf slander today on on Twitter and I can't find any because there's been a lot of people talking a lot of shit about Wilfred Zaha in recent weeks and they are all very, very, very quiet now. And I don't even know where it's come from as well, just on the grounds that, you know, really decent performances up to this point. It's just not, we've not necessarily always seen the dribbling, taking players on Wilf. We saw a lot more of that against Spurs, but everyone forgets and we've talked about in the pod in recent okay. weeks, how good of a passer he is as well. Mm-hmm. And that's being exploited by Vieira and it's being allowed to be exploited by Conor McGregor, Conor Connor M- Conor <laughs> <laughs> keep doing it. Him and Conor Gallagher getting very, very close to each other. Lots. If you look at Conor Gallagher's passing map, you'll see there's lots of short passes around the flanks where you can see all that triangles, the give and goes like it was for the cross that won the penalty, um, you know, them them two playing one twos down the right there. Albert, Spurs fans moaned a lot about the referee. Can't be any argument about the penalty decision, can that? Well, one
3: of the Spurs fans in my house complained quite vocally about the penalty decision and actually to, to be fair to everybody else, he got put back in his place very quickly.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like his
3: you know, his 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 hands, you know, it's at ninety right degrees his body. It? Yeah, he's like he's flagging flagging a taxi,
2: you know? It's yeah, like, it's it's weird, isn't it? It's just yeah, like,
3: yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, no
3: question, no question. You know, it's um, the uh, lines. The uh, linesman flagged it straight away. I'm not even sure VAR fucking looked at it. Like, if <laughs> yeah. they did, it was a bit like, yeah, fine. Uh, it was a pen.
2: And any surprise that Zaha just picked the ball up and went, "This is mine, bruv." Don't look didn't even look at Luca. Luca was kind of like, uh, "Am I take? Am I taking it or?" Zaha taking on the responsibility for these things now.
3: I was, I was. I'm not going to say that I was like, "Oh, great, Zaha's taking it." Obviously, I love seeing Wilf score and he deserved it. Um, but yeah, I was, I was a bit surprised when he was stepping up to take it, but he simply put it away.
2: Well, is it, is it three out of three or four out of four now for Wilf? He's got, um, he's not missed. Uh, I think it's the second time that he's been on the pitch when uh, since he started taking penalties, and Luke has been on the pitch. And Luca missed his last one, so he did miss oh. his last one, didn't he? He's missed Luca. one recently. Luca's miss he's he's missed one recently. He's missed a couple of his last five, I guess, something like that.
3: Didn't miss his New Year's Eve party.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, so yeah, good. And you know, he said in an interview after, um, free kicks, you're gonna see him on free kicks. Um if he can take corners, he's gonna see he'll take some corners. And I wonder if that's part of Patrick Vieira's influence as well of being like, don't limit it yourself. Like sky's the limit with your potential do do what you're doing. Take penalties, score penalties. So um interesting flex Heske from Spurs to tweet the following day. What a debut for Emerson Royal with a picture of him standing <laughs> over Wilf on the floor when the referee gave a goal kick, which was very, very clearly a corner. Um, and
4: also in in half of the picture, the background it says Crystal Palace <laughs> two Spurs nil. Uh, to, to be fair, I mean I couldn't believe it when I saw that. But to be fair, the the first <laughs> the first reply was from a Tottenham fan, and it's like, leave it for today, lads. <laughs> Just, <laughs> don't, don't worry about it for yeah. today.
2: Yeah, I saw I saw a, uh, someone tweet on it as well, being like, should Spurs fans even be on social media right now? <laughs> like, just, just get off. I thought you were uh, going to
3: do that thing where you say, oh, I saw a tweet and you read it out, and I'm like, yeah, that was mine, like <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm still not over that. I think about it. It lives, it lives in my head rent-free, that mistake. And that's fine.
3: This, this week I put it as the worst performance from a Royal since Prince Andrew's BBC interview.
2: <laughs> I did see that. Very, yeah. very, very good. Um If only he broke into as much of a sweat as um Prince Andrew did, then maybe Spurs might have got something. But...
3: Doesn't sweat, mate. Tell me on about
2: <laughs> Um. Edward then comes on. Now the fur one of the lines in the Edward song um is I don't need to sell my soul, he's already in me. Um, Albert, he was already in me after 25 seconds, that was it, I was completely sold, is there anything better than a new bought striker coming on and scoring immediately?
3: I mean, I nearly dropped my hot dog, that's how good it was <laughs> Yeah, well, you know it's, it's, you know, it's only when you, um, in the post-game analysis and, you know, when you're looking at all the, the reaction that, you know it's the, the, the fastest debut goal in Premier League history um, it's almost almost to the point where I didn't even necessarily know he was on the pitch. All of a sudden, he's just banging the goal in, and um, yeah, you know, it's it's such a that's a, that's the type of striker or it's the type of chance that you know normally for that sort of smash and grab sort of, I'm not going to call it a scuff shot because that's being harsh, but you know, it's kind of it's squeezed in, isn't it, at the far at the far post? And that's the sort of thing we see Wilf do, you know, once a season, twice a season. But to know that we've got a, a striker now that's going to hopefully convert those scrappy half chances, you know, because he, he did kind of make it out of nothing.
2: Yeah. Um, to, and, to and that, that is it. That, that is exactly right, is that we just, we haven't had that. And that is a goal scorer right there. Like to, the pass, the cross is a little bit behind him. He's managed to control it, get it out of his feet, all in one touch, and then just get the shot away get it through the legs like Our now players never seem to get shots through the legs of players it's always the amount of I feel like we have more blocked shots blocked shots than any team in the entire Premier League it feels like because we just never get through I mean just look at IU earlier in the game he, he had a couple that he couldn't get through and yeah just that natural goal scoring instincts and Heskif you were there what was it like on the homestyle it was just oh, I just went nuts
4: yeah um
2: <laughs> I was going to say instinctive is the word that I used
4: for him as well. It was just he knew exactly what he was doing. And it went crazy. I mean, the, the bloke who I stand next to my mate, he's, he's a big fella, punched me in the head. He reckons it was by accident as part of the celebration, <clears throat> but he punched me in the head and knocked my glasses off. So for about two seconds, I was blindly waving my arms around trying to find my glasses. Um But no, it was great. I mean, the atmosphere of all game was brilliant, I thought. Um best in in ages and ages. Obviously helped by the performance. Um mm. but the noise level when you see the shot creep in for the for the 2-0 was just yeah, mad. Absolutely brilliant. I loved it.
2: And then of course he follows it up very promptly in the last minute of um stoppage time with with his second. Which led to all the stats coming out that he uh, he's on course to score. So um, does he get thirty goals per ninety minutes? Is his goal scoring rate at the moment, <laughs> which is some going? Like uh, I say, but, it's what we've been missing,
3: isn't it? We've 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 yes. we miss, missing a thirty game thirty goal a game striker <laughs> for
2: ages. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it's unbelievable. It's very exciting. Um, will he, he continues to score goals at a rate that, that rate who knows but um he's already scored more than iu scored in about 60 games in <laughs> in eight minutes of football so it's a great start and you know <clears throat> already starting to as rio Ferdinand said after the game on the bt coverage, very starting to look like a bargain already so um exciting times uh what well, Let's talk about man of the match. It was given to Wilfried Zaha by Jermaine Genes on on BT Sport. I mean, I was obviously at the game, but um, I've watched the coverage back about four times already, <laughs> so I can I can quote them all. Uh, Albert, who is your man of the match? Uh, I don't like to agree with Jermaine
3: genus but I, on this occasion, I have to.
4: And Heskiff? Yeah, Wilf. There was a lot of good performances, but I think he was. He was the top guy for sure.
2: Yeah, I think I, it I will shade it from Gallagher for me. I think um, you've got to give shout-outs to James McArthur, was also excellent. And Tyreek Mitchell grew into the game massively. And I talked last week about saying, or was it a week before, a perfect transfer window would have been bringing in another left-back. But, I'm, I mean... He, I think he's had a bit of a rocky start to the season. He had a little bit of a rocky start to this game, but just he, he just got more and more confident as the game went on. And he's driving forward. At that point, when he got to the byline and clipped the cross in, just left that Emerson Royal bloke for absolute dead. And yeah. then he's got the confidence. He's trying to lift the ball over players' heads as he's coming forward and stuff like that. And then if teams have that to worry about down the left, as well as Zaha on top, as well as Gallagher getting in, into channels on the inside as well, it's just, you know, as will said in his interview after you're just gonna you're gonna see us score goals and chances come because of this process and it was really interesting zaha talked about hoofing the ball like obviously talking about how we've been playing for the last few years um and trusting in this process but it's also compounded that by Andrew Townsend, who obviously scored that weldy for Everton, and that just—I turned it on like two seconds before he scored. I think he was in the same boat as me. That's um, gift. I turned it on seconds later. He scored, and he just looks like a different player.
3: Um, nearly hoofed put another it, one in it the into top. the net.
2: He did. Hoof <laughs> <it into laughs> it. But then, in his post-match interview, he then basically said, "For the last four years, I've been learning the defensive side of the game and becoming a more dependable player." Where here it's just score goals, get assists. Um, do you think that all the players are thriving on this freedom now, Heskiff, That Vieira's given them, so they don't have to, you know, it's less less worry about where you are defensively, and more worry about, you know, even when you are defending, it's proactively on the front foot in the final, in there. You know, for our final third, like trying to get the ball off of their defenders, that's a bit different defending as opposed to actually, you know, oh, I'm trying to stop a winger from dribbling past me if you're Zaha, for example. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, you know,
4: we're not used to it, but when you have, obviously, when you have the ball, the opposition can't score. And the higher up the pitch you get it off them, the better offensively and defensively. Um, I think if you if you look at both the Brentford. And uh, Tottenham games at home, neither team really created much, uh, you know, in terms of shots against us. So it's obviously working and, you know, far from us just sitting and defending, defending a nil-nil, as we have done many times last year, even though we failed to get the nil-nil. It just seems like not only are we... Scoring more goals, creating more chances, but it, it sort of alleviates a lot of the pressure on the defence and the defensive side of the game up that end of the pitch. So, yeah, I mean, we all thought last year that we had a squad that was capable of doing more than we were seeing. And now that we've got a more progressive way of playing football, plus obviously the the really good transfer window we had. At the moment, I mean, it's all looking really positive and, and you, you hope that the more we continue to play like that and play these players playing against uh, playing with each other that will improve and improve and improve and you know when you've got someone like Wilf specifically picking out the tactics as a reason why we're better and why he's enjoying his game and why he thinks we've got a lot more to offer even still, you know I think it says a lot about about where we were and where we
2: are now. Lovely. Someone tweeted us this week and said, well, someone tweeted us and said it was uh, it was a very puerile podcast, um, which I think we took as a compliment. I think they meant it in a good way. But someone also tweeted us saying, uh, preview podcast, started talking about the game 38 minutes in. <laughs> so I think we're about 45, 46 minutes in this week where we're going to preview, but obviously we've had to cover the Spurs game there. Uh f- I mean, Liverpool are just on absolute fire. Um, all sorts of nonsense. Their home form's incredible. It's going to be really, really, really tough. And um, no more so than 13-0 across the last three games is the aggregate score between Palace and Liverpool. Um, Albert, is this a good yardstick for where we are if we can go to Liverpool and, well, basically not get spanked? Is it is it a good measuring stick for how far we've come in this short time under Vieira?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's nothing you've said there that's that's controversial. They're they're a fantastic side, They have scoring goals for fun. Um, I keep getting flashes of when we we beat the Liverpool press and scored that banging goal mm. a few seasons ago, a, a few seasons ago, and think, well, we might be able to do that this weekend especially when you've got a 30-goal-a-game 30, 30 striker. <laughs> so we've got nothing to fear. Um, I think, it's listen, it's one of those che- opening game against Chelsea, Champions of Europe, you think, well, yeah, look, get turned over 3-0, no shame there. Um, you know, we've Brentford was very cagey, two teams sort of feeling each other out. West Ham were one of the form teams in the league at the time when we faced them and we, we came out of that relatively unscathed. Same for Tottenham. I think it's a bit of an understatement for the Tottenham game. You know, we'll go to, we'll go to Liverpool with our tails up. Uh, confident that we, you know, it, it's one of them. If we come away on the wrong end of a 3-0, no one's going to... It's not going to be dragged back down to earth with a bump and think, oh, the Spurs game was a one-off. Or, or any level... Level-headed Palace fans shouldn't get too down and out if we get turned over by Liverpool, but who knows? You know, we we're we're going to we're going to go there very confident, and I don't think we're in the mould now of going there and just taking it easy and seeing what happens. I think we'll go there and we'll, and we'll we'll try and win, and if and if we come away on the wrong end of it, it'll be because we've tried to we've tried to you know stick the ball down down in their end of the pitch rather than just watching it come towards us wave after wave.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it'll be interesting to see if we do do that because obviously that wasn't the case at Chelsea. We didn't we didn't do that. We went there and just kind of sat back and let Chelsea dictate the play and it obviously didn't work out for us. And it was only in the second half when we actually started to try and play like we have been in the last few weeks that it made a difference. So it'll be interesting to see if he decides to go and sit back a bit more, if we actually try and get on the front foot. Um, and as always, as we always say, when we play Liverpool, Heskift, they get at a ball because Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold are up the pitch all of the time. And we have got the players in behind who can exploit that. So the game plan is going to be interesting to see what he does. Is Do you fear going head-to-the-head with Liverpool because of the firepower they have up top? Or now are you a bit more... Well, no more 30-go-a-game jokes, but... <laughs> Uh, we have a bit of firepower ourselves up top
4: now. Um, I'm certainly wa- I'm certainly wary of uh, Sadio Mane being on ninety nine goals to Liverpool or whatever it is because he I he's 90, 98 Premier League, League go- ninety eight goals to Liverpool. Go- yeah, ninety eight goals to Liverpool. Yeah, he for sure is hitting a hundred. So if <laughs> Patrick Vieira's got anything about him, we're going to have to go and win three um, <laughs> two. It, it like, it'll be really tough um, and likely. They'll beat us. And that's, like Albert said, it's no shame, same in a Chelsea game where they're just good and they will beat loads of teams and have been beating loads of teams. But I, yeah, I'll also be really interested to see how we match up because obviously in previous in previous games, we've sort of done the try not to let a goal in. And then we have and haven't really known what to do, certainly last year. But this year, you know, it'll be, be interesting to see what happens if we do concede. Can we still keep up the same type of game? Um, you know, the Chelsea game was a bit odd because it was the first game of the season. I think we, some players missing. Um, but we should be confident. I mean, Tottenham were top when we played them. and We absolutely demolished
2: them. So, yeah, Tottenham were top when we played them.
4: I, I think Brentford were top when we played them as well, weren't they, technically? <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, obviously it's going to be a really tough game, especially away, and the likelihood is they'll win. But I don't think we should be too downhearted and and... and I think we're more likely to see us give it a go than we have been in the last
2: few years, which is nice. Okay. Quick fire then. Who's starting up top, Albert? Ben Takeo, Edouard? Takeo. Okay. Hesketh?
4: Yeah, I agree.
2: I think he'll keep it the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. Potentially. I, I think it should be Ben Takeo as well for, um, yeah, for at least an hour and then. Yeah, and then put that fret in to see if we're still in the game. Be it'd be interesting to see if he does just reward Edward for the two goals straight away of starting spot. Um I think it will tell the lineup would tell us a lot. Um an hour before the game. So really waiting for Baybread for breath with that one, it should be very interesting. Um before we get to predictions and to Albert's magic dice, let's see if they're gonna make a mockery of them, of these stats. Liverpool under two and a half goals in eight of their last nine home games. So it's a low scoring affair is what we can expect. Um Liverpool take the lead and win, basically. Five of their last six home games they've been winning at half time and at full time. So expect them to score early. And they've kept clean sheets in five of the last six home games as well. So it's tough to score against them. Um and they take a lead and then basically hold on to it. So what's Albert's dice gonna tell us? The magical dice. Didn't we did we say that six was zero? Mm-hmm.
3: Depends
2: on who the team is, yeah. But yeah. So here we go then. This is this this is basically the game right here. You don't even. Oh, you kidding
3: me? Liverpool, six. Liverpool six.
2: nil. So that's nil then. Liverpool nil.
3: <gasps> You'd never believe it.
2: Six. It's
3: another six.
2: So nil nil. The nil, dice are spoken. Fuck. I mean, I would take it. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hesketh, what are you going for?
4: uh 6-0 no liverpool
2: no uh 6-6 <laughs> six, six could be 6-6 six yeah, six, six, yeah um let's say 2-1 liverpool hm mm. uh, i'm i'm going to say 1-0 no, liverpool it will be mané inevitably um always always bloody is mané uh right that is a slightly long one this week sorry for that uh, no one has commutes anymore so who cares or at least most of you don't. Um, <clears throat> we What have we had going on? You can list, go and watch the Palace Focus on a Back of the Nest YouTube channel where DRT and Nick Gillard was on for a bit as well. I've been talking about events in the last week at Palace. Um, you can... Go and listen to the match report on Sunday, assuming they can make it work this week. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> um, and I guess we get we, we've recorded early, so you, this podcast probably been in your inboxes a bit earlier in the last couple of weeks. Um, but it's a Monday game next week, so what do we do? Do we do we stick, go back to our normal day of Wednesday? and let everyone really enjoy the build-up to Brighton, or do we go a bit later? What do you reckon, lads? Sticks to Wednesday? Hands in the air. Who knows? We'll figure it out. It'll probably be Wednesday, I reckon, and then we can... Um, well, it's, I mean, it's Brighton. It's the big one. Brighton at home. Um, glad we've got up and running and started playing. I was really worried that it was going to take us a little bit longer than it has, but um, there'll be obviously a lot of expectation going into that Brighton game, who have... Obviously also started very well, um, albeit a very easy start that Brighton have had. They've taken advantage of it and been scoring the goals. So another interesting match-up when we get to it. But um, don't stress about that yet, Heskiff. We've got a week and a half to go to that one, mate. And of course, even before we play Liverpool this weekend, they've got a tough game against AC Milan um, on Wednesday night in the Champions League. And Wednesday, Saturday. It's not an easy thing to do, especially for a three o'clock on a Saturday. So fingers crossed we can go to Anfield and hopefully get that nil-nil that the magic dice have talked of. Um, we'll give it to you if it's any draw, I guess, Albert. The dice would have won again, so we shall see But until next week, <clears throat> up the palace. <laughs>
0: At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport Powered by fans.